Good day, everyone. My name is Patrick Jones. This is the road to the show. On today's episode, we have Mitch Elliott. Mitch is the current owner of Hit Factory Athletics and is a professional baseball player who's played over four years. Um, In this episode, we get a little bit into Mitch's background, talk about some of the places that he's played. Um, He's actually played for Bill Murray, an independent team that Bill Murray um, owns and has some pretty funny stories regarding that. Um, He owns uh, Hit Factory Athletics and he's accumulated nearly 100,000 social media followers um, doing that and Really awesome stuff that he, he drops in this episode. Uh, some great knowledge for you guys. Uh, make sure to check out his website, hitfactoryathletics.com. He's got some awesome gear on there. And definitely make sure to pay attention to some of the advice that he gives to players who are looking to play after high school and college. So it's a great episode. And without further ado, Mitch Elliott. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Road to the Show. I am Pastor Jones. Today we have my very, very good friend, Mitch Elliott. Thanks for stopping by, big boss. No problem, man. What have you been up to, man? Just grinding, man. I got the uh, the company stuff going on, staying in shape, just, you know, life of the offseason, doing some lessons, just trying to stay uh, baseball 24-7. I feel you. Now, you just got back from actually Las Vegas, which is pretty crazy, and I think you were saying that... It was the morning of that crazy shooting is when you left. Yeah, we were actually there, me and a couple guys from my bachelor party. So we had we had gone down there from Thursday to Sunday. And I woke up Monday morning to like a crap ton of texts like, are you still there? And I was like, could not figure out why my phone blew up. So I just swiped left on my, uh, my news page and saw that that shooting happened. It was absolutely terrible. Like, we're, we're lucky we got out of there. But, you know, we couldn't believe it. We just felt really lucky we weren't there i mean that's just crazy to me how <laughs> i mean that well first of all were you anywhere near like where the where that place mandolin bay or anything yeah so that's kind of near top golf and we were there the day before just kind of hanging out and then we had seen them setting up that concert we weren't sure what it was but we went to a couple different events but yeah we i mean we drove it's the i think it's the last hotel on the way to the airport or okay. something like that so, yeah i've never been there yeah so. a matter of hours we got out of there so and my flight was actually supposed to be that night but we changed it to like the morning one so yeah (laughs) i mean that's crazy um last night we had the yankees twins what what do you think what do you what are you surprised with the result or anything that happened uh kind of went through a wave of emotions i wasn't surprised by the absolute laser show that was going (laughs) on with bombs and everything but i you know i think everyone in america was kind of in the back of their mind, hoping the twins might pull it off, just because, I mean, they just stayed stayed right in it just enough the whole time. But the underdog. after that, yeah, after that, uh, what was it? The first couple hitters hit home runs for the twins. Yeah, it was the three yeah, nothing yeah, they had two bombs. The guy, uh, pitcher, uh, who who pitched again for the uh, Yankees? Who started? It was a real young guy. It was, right? I, whoever I it was, it, he got a, he got one out. And they had to take him out. Yeah. He, that's all I got. <laughs> a like, third of an Biggest game of your runs. career and uh, one out. Nice job. But uh, Aaron Judge, I, I'm starting to think like this dude is like is going to be the face of baseball. Oh, yeah. If he's not already. I if mean, that not- guy's 
unreal. I mean, that he went through a month where people were just ripping him because he was striking out all the time, still ended up with over 50 bombs. Like, Remember if you that. can go a, a terrible month and break a rookie home run record, like, You're he's, he's going to be there for a while. Well, it's just, and it's, it's so cool because last year when he came up, um, he, again, he was striking out like crazy. I think he hit one something last year. Is that right? Is there one or low twos or something? Yeah, he struggled. I actually, my this past season, our right fielder uh, Gaspar played over him at Fresno State for a year, and he was telling us about about Judge. He was like, "Yeah, he was an absolute giant, had a ton of pop, but you know, you could never. He was real streaky, like you couldn't tell, but obviously something clicked because that guy is a monster. Dude's a monster." I mean, I'm a huge, huge Yankees fan, so I'm glad that they ended up winning. Now, tonight we got Diamondbacks, Rockies. What What are your predictions so far? What are you, what, who, who you got there? I don't know. I'd like to see the Rockies win just because, I mean, me and my dad kind of had predicted that they would make the playoffs in the preseason when everyone had counted them out. They're just, I mean, they got Arenado. They got, they got Blackman, who's an absolute beast. Like, they got, they got some sticks in that lineup. Uh, just their starting pitching might be... Iffy. Might hold him back, but... And the thing is, it's one game, so like anything yeah. can happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a game seven for both teams, so I, hopefully it's another tight game like yeah. that with a lot of, a lot of things missiles happening. everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your opinion on, on the state of like hitting? And you see, obviously, you're on social media. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, you see everyone, you know, stop bunting, get the ball in the air. Uh, what do you, you work with kids, you give lessons and things like that. Like, what do you believe? What, what should be taught to younger players? Uh, as far as like state of the game, I think obviously we're seeing that the long ball plays. I think even the announcers last night were talking about, this is a situation where you would normally see a sacrifice bunt and he goes, but no one bunts anymore. Everyone <laughs> say, I'd rather get him over and in. And I mean, I, I don't know if Twitter and Instagram had like you had guys like Tewksbury, Longworth, mm-hmm. Driveline, all those guys talking about just top of the cage life and how much more percentage is um, success is hitting the ball in the air. And I mean, Ted Williams was talking about it however many years ago. And I don't mm-hmm. know why people weren't listening to the guy that hit 400 in the bigs. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think we're going to see too many guys sack bunting anymore. It's definitely... Even guys like Altuve is tiny. That that dude drives the ball out of the park. So, I mean, I I don't think you can argue with numbers. I think that's that's what we're going to be seeing a lot more. Hopefully, it doesn't you know take away from letting the smaller frame guys or guys that have the tools like speed hold them back at all. But I think yeah. What if, what if a guy doesn't have a lot of power? I'd hit the weight room and eat. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got a lot of power and you're fast, I mean, you can you can get on the field playing defense and stuff like that. Like, I mean, Hayward's been playing defense. And yeah. they're waiting for him to hit. But I think I think it'll still play if you got enough big boys behind you. Because I mean, if you got like Judge hitting the ball off the wall, you're still going to need a guy being able to go first to third or score on those. So, I mean, I think the games. It's just going to be a power game. You got everyone in a bullpen throws ninety eight, and everyone hits fifteen or twenty bombs at least. So it's changing a lot, <laughs> dude. I don't think I told you, but so my independent team this past summer, we they did it. They made like baseball cards for us, and the picture on my baseball card is me bunting. Oh it's, man, it's me bunting. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, okay, so my freshman year, Mitch and I are teammates. We were teammates in college. My freshman year in college, I was the worst bunter 
in the NCAA. I, I remember having to run laps because I was so such a bad bunter. By the time I was a senior, and still true right now, I'm the best goddamn bunter in the nation. Like, without a doubt. There's no doubt now. Like you were saying, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. cares. Nice bunt. Right, right. <laughs> so who do you have? Who do you think is going to win it all? Who do you think is going to pull it out? I, I can't even. That's the awesome thing about October is you never know. I mean, I I love watching the Astros right now. Yeah. The Yankees were a wild card team, but that's a lot of a lot of bats in that lineup. It's I I honestly don't even have a prediction. I don't think the Cubs will do it. Again. No, you don't think they will again. The Indians might be the team to beat. They, they got the Magic. There's, yeah, there. I mean, there's. I said on Twitter that I mean it's obvious water is wet, but when you win twenty something games in a row, it's that's not the best time to get hot is right before the playoffs because you're bound to get cold. But they lost freaking one game and then one another however many. So, I mean, they got the hunger from last year's loss. You know, the roller coaster, the Rajay Davis home run. They almost had the whole whole thing won. So I think they got the, the lineup and the talent. But it's I'd, Cleveland, though. I'd I mean, go the Cleveland. The yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, dude, the Red Sox, like, you look Ooh, at some yeah. of their pitching. They got, you know, when you got Chris Sale – when you got, you know, Ben Attendee, you know, shout out Cincinnati, trying to get him on the show in the offseason, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the – I don't know. It's, like you said, anything can happen. Like, you just – you never know. Like, even tonight, could be a, it could be a 14-4 game. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Whoever shows up, game seven. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Now, I want to get a little bit now into your playing experience, right? Because you played independent professional baseball for four years. Yeah, four seasons. Four seasons. Now, you, right out of college, you went to St. Paul Saints and played. Um, a lot of people out there aren't probably familiar with, you know, St. Paul or the setup there, independent baseball. Can you give a little bit of uh, just background on that? Yeah, so when I got signed by St. Paul, I they actually knew about me from some workouts and stuff I did because I was – I was ranked as a pretty reasonable prospect coming out, but had injuries two years in a row. Um, I was actually traveling around with all the independent teams I could get to um, try to get a shot. Yeah. And I was actually working in a Planet Fitness and playing in a in a men's league. And they called me when I was like cleaning the locker room of a Planet Fitness to come up for the last like two weeks of the season. So I got a call. They're like, "Hey, get your flight. You're coming up. You're playing center field and leading off tomorrow." I was like, oh, crap. All right, I got to buy a flight. <laughs> so that was crazy, man. That's like the ideal team you can play for in indie ball. We had 10,000 people a game. Our owner was Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah, and the people just love you. I mean, we played. So my first season in St. Paul was the last year at Midway, which is kind of like an iconic field up there, but it's real old and beat up. Um. You know, the first game I was there, I got a I got a hit my first like the second pitch I saw, so that was cool. It get got a lot of pressure off, but I mean, it was definitely an awesome experience. Um, I was actually the last out at Midway Stadium, <laughs> so I'm 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 in the book of like hit, recapping the history of the Saints because you know we that game it was the last game we weren't playing for playoffs. Um, Bill was in the in the crowd. And I actually started the game, the the third batter of the game, we had a temporary fence around the warning track because we sold more tickets than the stadium could even hold. So the first inning, I robbed a home run, running straight back, dove over that temporary fence and landed into two people's laps. And got <laughs> oh, beer damn. spilled all over me, but it was sweet. 
So I was like, this is going to be an awesome game. But the very last inning, we, we put up like four runs. We were down by seven. So I had bases loaded, and I was up two outs. I could either be a hero or, or get out. Right. So I had like 11 pitch at bat, and I got rung up on a pitch that was probably at that Ken Griffey Jr. pitcher. So in the <laughs> book, it says, and the last out of Midway was perhaps the worst strike three call in the history of professional baseball. So for those who are listening, <laughs> he pointed to a picture that was about five feet away. Oh, it was it was a almost diving backhand pick. You can only laugh dirt. at it. You can't even <laughs> yeah. you can't even get mad at that. Yeah. Did Bill Murray ever talk to you guys or anything? Like, yeah. The first game I was there, he walked up and looked straight at me. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm Bill. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that. we know and who then, you are. And then the second thing he said was, do you guys got any beer in the clubhouse? <laughs> and I was like, do I say yes or no? And I was like, I'm not sure. He goes, mm. he's like, we need to fix that. We need to get you guys some beer. So he left. And stock the fridge like it was unreal. The guy is exactly the character he always plays, and that's that's crazy because his son. You know, we went to Xavier, played together at Xavier University. His son's the co- assistant coach at Xavier, so he goes to basketball games all the time. Did you ever like think about going up to him and be like, "How about a pay raise next year, Bill?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's kind of crazy how many ties I I have had with Bill because I played in the Futures Collegiate League where he owned my team and the Martha's Vineyard team. And then I went to St. Paul as my first professional team, and he was the owner. And then his son came to coach at Xavier, where we both went. So so he's a huge baseball fan. Yeah. So Long I'm, story I'm short. Trying to, I'm trying to run into him again because I think we'd have a lot to talk about. Good karma, <laughs> too, for sure. Now, the, the new field you guys played at, uh, what's the name of the new field at St. Paul? CHS Field. They built a $64 million stadium that holds, like, Ten or eleven thousand, and it was sold out every night. It's it's pretty unbelievable. You think that's the best setup in minor league baseball? Oh, that I have seen. Yeah, Yeah. I know Fort Wayne. I think was the only other minor league team, include like Triple A indie ball. That was the only team that sold more tickets than us. So they they hooked it up. That's (laughs) I love it. First of all, for those who don't know, independent baseball is a little bit different. For those who don't know, it's. It's not affiliated with an organization, right? But it's 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 a place where it's basically, you know, in the minor leagues for an affiliated ball, it's all about developing. Nobody, you know, wins and losses. They can say they care about, but they really don't. They're just trying to get players to the major leagues. Independent ball, independent baseball is the complete opposite. All they care about is wins and losses. So that makes for a very cutthroat situation. I think you've even experienced some very, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's a numbers game as well, right? Because you only got, you got, you have to have a certain amount of rookies and veterans and things like that. Um, Talk a little bit about how, why it's so hard to get into independent baseball and stay there. Oh, it's, it's probably the brutalest world in all sports. So not only in indie ball, if you win, you stay. And if you lose, you're gone. Like if, like we were talking about bunting. If you're called to get a bunt down and you don't do it, we'll smell you. Like you're gone, you're gone the next day. But it's it's so tough to get into because they're looking for a bringing selling tickets. So as as soon as a double A or a triple A guy gets released, they're getting picked up by an independent team. So you're if you're an undrafted guy like I was and you don't have any like experience, like it's really tough. I mean, there's limits on how many you have to have a certain number of rookies in most of the leagues, and then you get a certain number of experienced guys. All those experienced guys are going to be guys that played affiliated ball unless they're an absolute freak and have hit like 350 in the Frontier American Association. But it's, I mean, 
po- baseball is a lot of politics. Lot, yeah. I, I say it's politics, but I mean the the painful truth is if there's a guy who played even low A, it doesn't matter if he hit 120. He played low A and you only played college ball. So if you're hitting 310 and this guy gets released, like you're gone there too. Especially the higher level leagues, it's I mean it's a grind, man, and you have to deal with getting paid not a whole lot, less than affiliated ball. It's bus travel, you don't get planes. And the goal, the goal is, of indie ball is is to get for a lot of people back to affiliated ball or to get to affiliated ball to begin with, right? The minors, right? And then the the tough thing about that is you don't. It's not the best, always the best guy in the league that gets picked up. You kind of have to unfortunately be ruthless and hope someone gets hurt in affiliated ball because they don't just bring up a guy who's good; they bring in a guy who can fill a spot. So, so a lot say, of fillers, basically. Work. Yeah. So say and. Uh, for me, say a center fielder for like high A in the Diamondbacks organization got hurt. They're going to look for what center fielder kind of fits that mold that they can bring up right away. I might be hitting 300, and this guy at third might be hitting 340 with 15 bombs. I would get picked there because they need a center fielder. If I show up and do terrible for the first week, I'm released back in indie ball. Or if that guy gets <laughs> healthy, right? Yeah, and if that guy gets healthy, we'll see. A, thanks for thanks for playing. Have you ever seen any or experienced any crazy stories of like teammates or anything like that? Had something similar happen where they get signed by like you know the Red Sox or something, and then like released like a week later? Oh, it happens all the time in the in the Frontier League. There's a there was a pitcher I played with named Trevor Foss who I actually played with in. And Madison for summer ball. He actually played uh, for the the Angels. I think made it to Double A. He would he got released eventually over something, but he was just absolutely filthy. Like he's one of the best pitchers I've ever faced. He would get picked up for like a couple weeks and then release back in indie ball. Do good, get picked up by another team, come back. It was like you. It's you mo- have to love the game. You got to love it, and you got to be really, really lucky to survive from indie ball to if you're going to make it to the big leagues. And how, I mean, the only, I'm trying to think of like a couple really well-known players that people would know. I know David Peralta, right? Kevin Millar, who was with St. Paul. Millar was the same. famous yeah. one. I'm trying to think of, do you know any other ones? I mean, it's just crazy how, how many guys every year will do whatever it takes to get picked up by an indie ball team. And it's just like how low the percentage is to not just like get, like play every day, but to get picked up. Yeah, I don't think you could have enough respect for guys that go through the indie ball process because you're 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 sacrificing a lot just to live that live the dream a little longer and i mean i got the not even the stuff on the field even like in the off season when you're trying to tell people what you do it's it's brutal man you got to have like real thick skin because yeah they're like what are you what is that a men's league or what (laughs) i I almost thought about like lying sometimes and be like yeah yankees just you know yankees low way (laughs) piss off yeah like i had i'd have people at like like a Christmas party or something, be like, oh, you play baseball professionally. I was like, yeah, professional baseball, get played to play baseball. That's yeah. literally the definition. Like, well, what team do you play for? And I was like, well, it's minor league. He goes, oh, so you're not really a professional. And I was like, okay, sir. <laughs> so you're a salesman, right? Yeah. For who? Oh, I work for this company. I was like, oh, well, you don't work for like P&G, so you're not really a salesman. Like, right, it's the same right. thing. You like, got to make you, over you, 50 grand a year. You're not a salesman, yeah, dude. Yeah, no, it's it's... Tough. I mean, most of it, honestly, is like we're getting to do something that every kid dreams of, even if it's at the even the Pecos League or yeah. something like that. We're getting paid to go play baseball and not worry about real life. I mean, we don't live we don't live real life when we're playing. Even even if it looks terrible from the outside, it's way better than 
what I'm doing right now, staring at the screen, typing in numbers. <laughs> like, it's, but but <laughs> a lot of people don't know this either. Is like the team you're on, St. Paul Saints. That prob- that team could have probably beat several AAA teams. Yeah, that's that was the other thing I was going to say is is people don't realize though you can look at the competition level. So in St. Paul, my second year I didn't get a lot of playing time. Our right fielder was a first rounder, center fielder double A, left fielder double A, and that's pretty much the lineups in most American Association teams. Frontier League it'll be like so. American Association is kind of viewed as like high a double a caliber baseball right because most people there at least played there or higher we had a big leaguer on our rotation his name was uh pedro hernandez was in the bigs when he was 19 he just tore his lat and got released so he was on we had 15 guys that were former big leaguers in the american association like it's it's no joke like people uh, and that's the thing too is the affiliated guys who come over think it's going to be a cakewalk and you'll see dudes that play double a come in and go over their first 15 and that's so, yeah. when you see the bats start getting broken off walls and then like how was that dude in indie balls like, yeah because it's not that bad i'm telling right. you right i now. mean have you, have you ever seen guys because i've heard of a couple teams um uh rumors that guys would get paid like under the table have, oh, you, ever, yeah. have you ever heard of that yeah i know i know for for a fact that one of the teams that folded was in laredo yeah they got in a lot of trouble that's for, what i heard doing too. that kind of stuff because i mean it's like you said, it's about winning. It's about putting butts in the seats, and sometimes you got to pay a little more to get get some guys to come down to like. Because you know, most indie ball teams aren't in major cities. That's why St. Paul was nice because they're right next to Minneapolis. Right. But like, I played for the normal Corn Belters in normal Illinois, not a huge town. They got ISU. But then we played in Roswell, New Mexico, where there's there's no one there. Guys, like, there's nobody in Roswell. They're not big market teams. It's it's pretty cutthroat. I mean, it's it's fun as all hell, but it's tough. <laughs> Speaking of fun, do you have any 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 ball stories? Anything crazy happen? Uh, I have a ton of things that probably wouldn't be appropriate to reenact. You see, <laughs> let's stick with the appropriate for yeah, now. You you see some really goofy stuff, especially from the dudes from like Venezuela and the Dominican. Because there's no are, there's no drug testing anymore. Oh yeah, no people are nuts. But I know one of the one of the more fun t- nights we had is. Uh, we were in Winnipeg, and we heard the Stanley Cup was in town because uh, Jonathan Taves was from there, so it was his night with the Cup with the Blackhawks. So we heard rumors that he was going to be at this little place called The Pint where we had watched the McGregor fight the series before. So we're like, oh, we like that place. We'll go check that out. So we're in there. We're like, there's no line. We're like, what? Like, I don't think he's coming here. We're like Googling it. I follow him on Twitter so I can see where he is. So we're like, all right, let's just sit down and eat and see if he shows up. So there was all these clues the whole night that he might be there, he might not. For example, the owner at one point went over and grabbed his Team Canada Taves jersey and took it outside. I was like, oh, that's it. He's here. So we like walk up and follow him, and he goes out and like shrugs his shoulders and walks back. I was like, God, what is going on here? <laughs> so we eat for like three hours because we're just waiting. And then like the place, we start hearing some noise. And we're like, all right, we'll just pay our tab and leave. So we go out, and there's a line down, like, three blocks. Winnipeg is, like, a pretty big party town. Like, there's a lot of people out, usually. I heard there's some beautiful women up there, too. Just going <laughs> out up there. Canada. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a line down the street, and we're like, what is this for? And they go, oh, Taves is upstairs. We're drinking out of the Stanley Cup. I was like, you got to be freaking <laughs> kidding me, man. He was, apparently, we went up there and looked, but he was literally 15 feet vertically above us. 
for three hours with the cup. And then by the time we had like tried to get up there, people have been like rowdy. So, so we we're the only people there that really cared to even see the cup. And there's a bunch of like college kids up there drinking out of the, the Stanley cup <laughs> once in a lifetime. And once in a lifetime thing, I was right there, but I mean, you're below it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously you love baseball a ton. You always want to stay in the game. Um, we were talking about earlier about, you know, you're not sure if you're going to play next year. Maybe yes, maybe no. <laughs> But you want, like you said, you want to give back to the game. You love, you know, talking to younger players and things like that. So you decided to come up with um, a brand, basically, Hit Factory, right? Yep. Hit Factory. Um, for those who don't know, for those who are watching, you know, this is an example of, of what he has right here. If you're listening, well, I suggest you go watch the YouTube video as well um, when it comes out. But just give me a little bit of background on that. So I started the idea of of having an apparel company back when we were at xavier because you know under armor and nike charge like 80 bucks for like a dry fit shirt and you know you know the people designing the baseball apparel there never played a game in their life like it's it's big name guys in suits that are putting out products that make take 40 cents to make and they sell us to 60 bucks so I wanted to have a place to go that was like represented by an actual ball player and you know high quality and affordable and my goal in the long run honestly was to have something where I could give back too because I mean playing indie ball I don't have a ton of money in the bank to just give out so part of all the proceeds are going to go to youth baseball charities so just awesome. just building a giant family of of guys who really love the game especially like indie ball college guys as a way to give back because I know, you know, we'd seen for the past like six or seven years, participation in youth sports has gone down tremendously because everyone's buried in their iPads and like you'd rather play MLB the show than actually go outside and play. So just kind of encompass all of me not wanting to see baseball die, which it's going better now finally. But yeah, I mean, right now it's just kind of t-shirts and hats to start start raising some money to donate and then eventually it's going to be performance and then you know the instructional side as well just being an all-around resource for for ball players you build a, a pretty large following online through social media as well um let's see you have you probably have about what i'm trying to think around a hundred thousand followers all together yeah, yeah between twitter and the two instagram pages it's it's like ninety thousand and growing by like a couple hundred every day probably so I got the on Twitter is where I actually started with the um, baseball realist, just because honestly I was kind of bored during the off days in indie ball, and I had seen other people making pages that I knew for a fact didn't know more about baseball than I did. So it was like that inner competition that all baseball players have. I was like, ah, I'm going to do that, but do it better. So that had a lot of success, and I was able to branch it to Instagram at the right time because Twitter's kind of dying off a little bit. I, I mean, agree. Trump kind of made Twitter hot again because everyone's just trying to see <laughs> what crazy stuff people are going to be saying. So it's entertainment, but starting to get back into that. But Instagram, I have the account where I kind of just share news, instructional stuff, and, you know, everyone loves memes. That's And that's hit fact, or what's the username for Instagram? Yeah, the, that one Instagram is also Baseball Realist, so that's more of a personal page. That's okay. where I'll be doing some some content-based stuff. And then for the company, it's Hit Factory BSB as in baseball. And that's where I showcase the apparel and kind of the showing respect to the, the old school of the game. Cause that's kind of what the brand's based off is like guys who love it from day one. It's not like pimp and dingers, neon green arm sleeves. Like it's, 
it's it's real like blue collar ball players. Right, like right. Love it. Make sure you guys go check that out. Obviously, it's for a good cause as well. And you just heard, you know, kind of the motivation why Mitch is is doing that. Um, it, kind of a, a random thought I kind of had here is what if someone's trying to build like a huge following like you on social media or something like that? Um, what I mean, obviously you've built one. What what are the main or most important things you, that you would tell them? Um, I think the most important thing, I mean, you've, it's kind of cliche. You hear all the guys who have a big following, but it's just be yourself, like be authentic. No one wants to hear, no one wants to see a page that maybe only has a hundred followers, just sharing the same stuff that a big one is doing. You got to put your own perspective on things. I mean, everyone just craves content right now. We have it at our fingertips. Like that's kind of one of the things actually selling on Instagram is hard because no one wants to look at a post for more than three seconds. You want to just scroll through right. and see the thing. So you want to be consistent and be authentic, really. I mean, if if you're really passionate about something, it's going to show in, in what you put out. So, like, when I talk to kids about baseball, especially in lessons and stuff, people listen and they get excited about it, too, versus, like, you see the old old guys sitting on a bucket just, like, flipping, looking at their phone. Like, that's that's – you're paying 45 bucks for a half an hour of – some guy to just babysit your kid and not do anything. Like if you guys are in that situation, honestly, like getting lessons or your kids or, you know, a teammate, make sure it's someone who actually cares. Cause that's going to make the biggest difference. It's just, if you're passionate about something, do it. Don't just do it because you think it'll make you 10 bucks. Cause that is so transparent when you're just doing something for money. Yeah. I mean, you can fake out a lot of people by doing that, but I mean like real important, like influencers, like they see through that BS. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're doing anything strictly for money, just stop now because it might last you like two or three years. Like if you're doing something for a good cause, that's that's the stuff that has longevity. I'm so sick of seeing, and that's why I love your page so much. Is I'm so sick of looking on Instagram and you see all these like people with like throwing like driving all these like Mercedes. These guys, these kids are like 25 years old, like driving like hundred thousand dollar cars, like trying to sell you on like why you should work like with them to help build your business when they haven't built anything to begin with. Yeah, no. <laughs> Disclaimer, that's their dad's car. That's not theirs. Right, Don't get right. lost in the hype. Like, yeah. That's why I like, so like if you guys are looking for hitting guys on Twitter and stuff, I know uh, Ryan Parker is like R-A underscore Parker, I think. That dude grinds it out, and he's not super flashy. Like we had teammates go hit with him down in Texas, and I think it was like, minimal like the cost of two hour lessons for a whole month of going in there and actually like getting feels and doing something because the dude cares about hitting versus you go to some of these places even in cincinnati it's like oh it's a 100 bucks for an hour yeah it's like from who i I don't know this guy that coached little league (laughs) she's like no i've heard of that guy you said on so like this past summer there's some guys who went yeah so my teammate jackson pritchard who i think is going to be a stud because he was only 21 and he was playing, you know, indie ball. Yeah. Like just said, nah, I'm done with college. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play this. But I know he, he spoke very highly of him. And, you know, I think like Brent Rooker, big prospect goes yeah, down I there. I mean, there's a lot of big time names in there and it's, it's not cause they have a billion dollar facility. It's cause the guys care about baseball. Like that's what they spend all day doing. Right. They don't spend all their day marketing. They spend their day learning about the craft. And that's that's what you gotta do. I mean one one quality follower that like is actually following what you're preaching versus someone you follow and they just follow you back because you're upping their follower count. Yeah. In social media that is like it's way different. Like one good guy is worth a hundred 
robots. Right, right. <laughs> Fake followers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. All right. I know you got to get going here pretty soon, but there's one last kind of question I want. We're going to have some younger players eventually watching this or listening. Um, what's what's one thing that, that you would you would emphasis or put a lot of emphasis on if you're a younger player playing the game today? Um. This goes with this goes for everything with younger generations. Don't think you're owed anything. Because that is so much what I see like in the cages or something. It's like, oh, I go to lessons one day a week. Why aren't I better? Because there's dudes in the Dominican with no shoes. They're out there hitting with sticks and beans. All day. Working their butts off because they have to get out of there. You're just doing it because you want to. So, I mean, every day, every minute you can get better, do it. Like... And the other thing with that is just because you're actually doing work doesn't mean it's the right work. For example, like when we were playing, I mean, that wasn't even that long ago, but it was, it was still hit the ball on the ground. So me working for three hours on hitting the ball on the ground isn't going to do crap for me. Like just because you're doing the work, don't think, oh, I worked. Now I'm owed a starting spot. Work on the right things. I mean, if you're going to be willing to spend three hours in the cage doing whatever the hell you want to do, Take two hours and actually read some valuable material and then hit for an hour in the cage of the stuff you're actually working on. I think everyone just thinks they're owed something now, and it's, it's you got to put in the right amount of work and just not be expected to, to get, get a reward for it. I mean, we saw that in college too. I mean, that's, that's what I think is a valuable lesson in baseball is if you're not doing the right stuff, or even if you are doing the right stuff, sometimes you're not going to get everything you want. It's the guys who make it to that... The highest levels are the ones who refuse to take no for an answer. They're not, oh, coach has something against me, like I'm not going to play. It's, all right, I'm going to go work my butt off on the offseason, put on 10 pounds of muscle, and out-hit that guy in front of me. Instead of waiting for me to be given a spot, go take that spot. Right, right. So he has no choice but to play you, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, Get, let Don't let no even be an option. Right. Like, go out there and They'll be the best one. You have out. no choice. Yeah. Um, I love that advice. So true. Um, and like he was saying, you know, listen to stuff, like watch the videos, like read, like do everything you can to soak up different information. And that's one of the reasons why I love putting this podcast together is because, you know, we're, I'm bringing on guys like Mitch um, every week, actually twice a week. And we're, I'm doing this for free. Like, you know, iTunes doesn't pay me. Trust me. I, I wish they did, but they don't. Um, so just keep keep reading, keep learning. Um, again, check out his website, uh, hitfactoryathletics.com. Correct. Hitfactoryathletics.com. Go check out his gear. Go follow him. Uh, it's for a really good cause, so I think you guys are, are really going to like it. And thanks again for watching and listening, and uh, thanks again for stopping by, man. Appreciate you having me on. I'll have to have you on mine pretty soon. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs>